0: the land that is fairer than day. And by
1: God's Word this morning and be turning, if you would, near the end of your Bible and find the book of 1 John, and we'll be there in just a little bit, 1 John. Stuck. Does anyone here feel like that we are stuck? We just can't seem to move ahead, Uh, kind of like that plane that keeps circling around the airport but never gets clearance to land, and we just keep circling and circling and circling. Uh, the truth of the matter is we do not know when we're going to be able to return to a semblance of normalcy in our life. I mean, I thinking about it, uh, masks are a part of our wardrobe now. In fact, we get better looking masks and we compliment each other on, oh, I like your mask. Where did you get your mask from? That actually happened to me. I was out in Cary, I told you, now I was at the Barnes and Noble buying. And God, where did you get your mask? And, oh, I got it from here. And, the, and I said, wait a minute. We never thought we'd be discussing where we got our masks from, but it's a part of everyday life now. Plexiglass is everywhere. Have you noticed that? And it's there to protect us. And what we do is we stand there and then we go around and say, what would you say? Oh, well, I said this. But plexiglass is a part of our life now. But it appears that we are stuck. Um, Now, the truth of the matter is some people felt stuck way before the coronavirus ever came on the scene. Uh, Some people, they feel stuck in their job, they feel stuck financially, they feel stuck in singleness, they're stuck in a bad situation, or maybe stuck in the fulfilling of their dreams and their hopes and their aspirations, and they just feel stuck. Uh, You know, being stuck can be so difficult and disappointing and demoralizing and depressing, you feel kind of like a truck that gets stuck in the mud and the more you hit the accelerator, the deeper you go down in the mire and you just go further and further down and you just feel stuck. And, and while it may seem like that we're going to be stuck forever and things are never going to get better, I have good news for you today, beloved. If you're a child of God, if you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, things are going to get better. In fact, they're going to be unbelievable. They're going to be perfect. I know that sounds too good to be true, but I don't want you to take my word for it. I want to take you to God's word and let God speak to your heart today. And while it is true that we are stuck at the moment in a sin-cursed fallen world, and we see it seems that days are getting darker and darker, it's not always going to be that way. And I cannot guarantee to you today, beloved, that things are going to improve anytime soon here on planet Earth, or even in your own personal life if you feel stuck in some regards. But I can guarantee that God will not leave us stuck forever. (laughs) And and I think this is the truth that we need to really grasp and hold on to, especially in 2020. As you may recall, we're looking at verses you need to know. And I hope these verses have been a help to you. We started out with Jeremiah 33.3, talking about calling out to God, and he'll show us great and mighty things, talking about prayer. And then last time we looked at Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 where we tackled head on the whole idea of fear. Well, today I want to encourage you and remind you that the mess that we're dealing with, whatever the mess looks like in your life, uh, we're not always going to be dealing with it. And it's not always going to be that way. There is a life, listen, there's a life after this life. And that life after this life, it impacts our life right now. (laughs) Put that on the screen, that's a lot to process. There's a life after this life. There is a life after this life. And that life after this life, it impacts our life right now. But don't take my word for it. Let's look at God's word. You're in First John by now. If you'll find the third chapter, and I want to read verses one through three, and we're going to take verse two. Is our memory and meditation verse for this week a verse that I believe you need to know? A verse that you would do well to hide in your heart. Now, all of the scriptures great, but we're kind of pulling out some verses to really help us in the midst of what we're dealing with. First John chapter three, verses one through three, it may be familiar verses to you. First John chapter three, verse one through three. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Now, here's our verse for this week, verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And then verse 3 adds on this thought. And everyone who has this hope in him him, purifies himself just as he is pure. Now verse 2 reminds us that we're not going to be stuck forever. God is working out a plan In our life. Look at it again. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Now I want to unpack that verse with you today. And I want you to kind of understand it as you begin to memorize it and and post it around and put it on your mirror and put it in your card, put it on your phone and remind yourself of these truths. And I want to show you, you might want to jot these down, four assurances... Four assurances from this verse for these dark days in which we're living. Four assurances are found here. And so I want to give you, first of all, of course, assurance number one. does it just makes sense to go with the first one first, doesn't it? Assurance number one is this. Beloved, we are loved. Now, notice the first word. It says what? Beloved. Now, now John, writing of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit... He used this as a tender word toward the believers he was writing to, beloved. He cared about them. Uh, And while this is John's word for the believers he was addressing, it also reminds us that we too are beloved. God loves us. Look back at verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Think about the love that God displayed toward us. Probably the most famous verse of all, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world, you could put your name right there, for God so loved you, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The love of God toward us caused Him to give His Son to die in our place. There's never going to be a greater love than that. He gave Jesus for us. And yet sometimes, maybe in our hardest moments, and our most honest moments, we doubt God's love for us. We wonder where He is. We wonder, why is He not changing these things? Why is He allowing me to go through this? Why do I have this hardship? Why did He let that happen? Why won't He let this happen? And we begin to doubt God's love. But as one song put it, and I love this phrase, and I just hold on to it, if your eyes are on the storm... You'll wonder if I love you still. But if your eyes are on the cross, you'll know I always have and I always will. You see, when we begin to put our eyes upon what we're going through, we begin to doubt God's love. But the moment we stop doing that and put our eyes on the cross, there's no doubt that God loves us. And He's shown His love on Calvary. Listen, I want you to get this down. God loves you completely. God loves you perfectly. God loves you unconditionally. There's nothing you can do to cause him to love you more than he does right now. There's nothing you can do that will cause him to love you less than he does right now. Why? Because he loves you perfectly. And so listen, you come in on a Sunday and you may have had in your mind, because here's what we do as believers a lot of times, we kind of say we had a good week spiritually or a bad week spiritually. And so if we didn't, if we didn't cuss this past week and we didn't lose it this past week and we didn't do too much to say, boy, had a pretty good week spiritually, and then there are those weeks we come in on a Sunday and if we're real honest, we 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 almost cussed on the way to church at the kids because they wouldn't get in the car. And then that person got in front of me on the way to church and somebody sat in my seat or whatever and we, we would say, well, I'm not having a good week. Listen, I want you to understand something. Regardless of what happens in our weeks, regardless of what's going on in our lives, God loves you perfectly. And He always will. His love is perfect. And we have the assurance of His love. When you read that word, beloved, you can know that God says to you, you are my beloved. And you need to ponder that and meditate on that and really think about that, that God loves you. And that love caused Him to give Jesus for us. Now look back at our verse, uh, verse 1 again. It says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. That's verse 1. And it kind of takes us to verse 2, our verse this week. Not only are we loved, that's the first assurance. The second assurance is this, we are children of God. We're children of God. Look back at verse 2, our verse for this week. Beloved, beloved, now we are children of God. Now notice that little word, now. Do you see that word in your Bible? Now we are children of God. Do you know what that means in the original Greek language? You know, the New Testament was written in Greek. It's translated into English for us. Do you know what it means in the Greek? It means now. That's what it means. At this present moment, that's what it means. Now. So what does that mean? It means now. Right now. On Sunday, November the 1st, 2020. Right now, we are children of God. At this very present moment. Now listen, that's only true. It's only true about you. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you've turned from your sin, repented of your sin, and placed your faith in Christ alone. If not, if you say, oh, I've never done that. If not, why don't you do it right now? I mean, why, what, what are you waiting for? Why not here? Why not right now? Why not during this service? You don't have to wait to the very end. You don't have to wait to the end, to the invitation. Right where you are, you can turn your heart to the Lord. And you can lift a, a prayer of faith to the Lord. And, and the whatever words you want to use, because it's really a heart matter, but you just say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I I understand that. And I admit that. And I've done wrong. And I know that my sin separates me from you. But I believe that you sent Jesus. And I believe He is God. And I believe that He is the sinless Son of God. And I, I believe that He went to the cross. And you just tell the Lord in your own words, I believe He went to the cross. And he shed his blood for me. He took my sin upon himself. I believe he was buried, but he rose again. And I believe what your Bible says. I believe what your word says. That if I call upon you, you'll save me. And the best way I know how, Lord, I ask you to forgive me and save me. I mean, just in a simple way like that, as you turn your heart to the Lord, you can move from being under condemnation to being under God, your Father. And you could do it right now. And by the way, if you do, let us know we want to rejoice with you. We want to help you to grow as you turn your heart to Him. It also reminds us we need to tell others because I know a lot of people I'm talking to say, Preacher, I've already done that. I know I'm saved. Well, what about your friends? What about your family? What about your neighbors? We need to be telling them about Jesus. The Lord was convicting me earlier this week about the fact Do I really believe that there's a hell Do I really believe that people that ignore God and reject God, they go to a place called hell, the lake of fire? And I do. The Bible teaches it. It's a horrible place. But those who reject God spend eternity there. Well, if we really believe that, then why aren't we telling others more about Jesus? God loves us so much. Now listen. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God. God loves us so much. He not only saved us, he adopted us into his family. Now think about that for a moment. He adopted us. I understand a little boy who was adopted, he was at school. And because he was adopted, he was teased at school. And he he suffered the taunts and the jabs and and the cruel words of his classmates as they mocked him because he was adopted. And, And he, you know, children can be so cruel at times. And he took it patiently. But finally, he could take it no longer as they're teasing about being adopted. And little boy blurted out these words in self-defense. He said, you can say what you like. All I know is that my parents chose me. Yours couldn't help but ha- to have you. <laughs> Good for you. He got it right. Listen, my brother and sister in Christ, God chose you. You couldn't come to Christ till He worked in your life. The Bible says you were dead in your trespasses and sin. It wasn't he really shown the glorious light of the gospel in your life and in my life that we our eyes were opened and we realized, oh, we need a Savior. And He brought us to Himself. And He not only saved us and forgave us, I mean, that's enough, right? But He says, no, I want you in my family. He adopted us into the family of God. And if you wonder why the world doesn't get you, and why they don't understand you, Why they think you're strange. Look back at verse one. It's pretty interesting. Behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Then notice the end of verse one. Therefore, the world does not know us. They don't get us. They don't understand us. Why? Because it did not know him. That's why they don't understand us. They don't get us. Beloved, we've had this assurance. Now we are children of God, but we're not through. There's a third glorious assurance in this verse, and I've got to share it with you, and I don't want you to miss it. And it's this truth, beloved we are going to see Jesus. We are going to see Jesus. Our verse tells us that He's going to be revealed. Revealed there means He's going to come into sight. And the verse tells us, our verse we're looking at, verse 2, says that we're going to see him as he is. Look at the verse again, 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, when he comes into sight, we shall be like him. Why? For we shall see him as he is. And you might be thinking, what's he talking about here? And when is this going to happen? Well, he's talking about the rapture. And the rapture of the church is the next great event on the prophetic calendar. And nothing else has to happen for the rapture to happen. You say, what about the signs in Scripture? Well, that's talking about the second coming of Christ. There's two phases, if you like, for the, the coming of the end of Christ. There's the rapture where He comes and we meet Him in the air and those who are dead in Christ arise and go to be with Him. Those who are alive are caught up with Him. And we go, and of course, we're in heaven with Him. The judgment seat of Christ is taking place. where We're rewarded for the things we've done for Christ. But meanwhile, while we're there with the Lord, here upon the earth, all hell is breaking loose as you have the tribulation time. And I think we begin to understand a little bit more, don't we, of what we've been through this year, to see just how quickly things can change dramatically. And the Antichrist is there, and of course, all that will take place, I mean, I'm not time to go into all of that. But then you have at the end of that time the second coming of Christ and He'll come and He'll actually set up His rule and His reign upon the earth. But Right now, we're looking here at the rapture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 and 17. I have it on the screen for you. For the Lord Himself would ascend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. We're gonna see the Lord with our eyes. We're gonna see him as he is. We're gonna spend all eternity with him. In other words, Jesus is not gonna leave us too stuck in this mess. But the question is, are we preparing for eternity? Are we prepared are we preparing for his coming? We prepare for all sorts of things. I mean, we make provisions for all sorts of things. We get warnings about all sorts of things, even minor things. My printer over in my study warned me the other day to make sure that I had another ink cartridge ready because I was about to run out of ink. They want to be ready and prepared because, listen, it's time. Your car, it'll warn you. Get ready. It's time to take it to the shop. It should have a little dollar sign instead of that little you know, symbol, right? It should have a little dollar sign right there. It reminds you, get ready. A big deal's coming, right? We get warnings about everything. What? Well, they want us to be prepared. And yet, here's the greatest thing that's going to happen next in our life is Jesus Christ is coming back and we better be prepared. Are we prepared? Are we living in a way that shows that we know He's coming? listen, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be doing anything that I'd be ashamed to be doing should Jesus Christ come at that moment. I mean, think about that. So this is places I don't want to be, the so things I don't want to be doing if Jesus were to come at that moment. In fact, that's why I think verse 3 says this, First John 3, 3, the very next verse is, and everyone who has this hope in him, that is the hope of Jesus coming, the hope of being with him, the hope of being like him, everyone who has this hope in him does what? He purifies himself or purifies herself just as he, that is Jesus, is pure. In other words, he's holy, we're becoming more and more like him in our holiness. You know, when you know somebody's coming to your house, you prepare for them, Right? They give you a warning. You prepare. My wife said the other day, "Light the candles." People were coming over. Someone was going to stop by. She wanted it to be pleasant. She wanted to, you know, have those candles that we buy and wanted to smell good. Probably weren't going to invite them in, but they could smell it through the door. I reckon. I don't know. And beloved, can I just say, we need to light the candles. We need to let our our light shine brightly in this dark world because Jesus is coming again. We need to shine brightly today. Don't hide your light under a bushel. Remember that old song we used to sing? You grew up in church. Hide it under a bushel. No! I'm going to let it shine. We need to be letting our light shine. We're going to see Jesus. And you need to hold on to that assurance, especially in 2020. And by the way, when we see Jesus, 2020 is going to seem like a dust speck on the pathway of life when we see Jesus. Because we're going to see Him. But there's more. There's the fourth assurance. I don't want you to miss it. We're going to be like Jesus. We're going to be like Jesus. Look back at the verse again. Verse 2, now I'm asking you, to memorize this, to meditate on this verse. Look at what it says. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. That's established. We are children of God right now. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. In other words, God's not done. But we know that when He is revealed, that is, Jesus appears, we shall, watch this, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. It's like the moment we see Jesus, that transformation takes place. Notice it says we'll be like Him. Now listen, we're not going to become little gods or little goddesses, okay? We're not going to become deity. I've got to remind you of that. Just, just like I've got to remind you when when people die, they don't become angels. Those are created beings. We're created beings. God is God alone. We don't become little gods. We become like him like Jesus well we will become like him in his moral quality one author put it this way we will share the sinlessness of Jesus we won't have sin anymore we will know purity of heart and mind and character we'll be saved to sin no more and what a day that will be but get this we'll also receive our new bodies The moment that we're raptured, whether we're from the grave or we're living, we'll, we'll see Him, we'll be like Him, that is we'll be changed, we'll be transformed, we'll receive our new bodies. Reminds me of a story. I think I've probably told it before, but it bears repeating. A hillbilly family took a vacation. They went to the big city of New York, New York City. And one day, the father took his son into a large building. And you know, they're from the hills, they're amazed at everything they see in New York City, especially in this big building. And they were especially amazed by the elevator at the end of the lobby. And the boy said, what's that, Paul? And the, the, the father responded, son, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I don't know what it is. I mean, they've never seen anything like this. They don't have like elevators in the hills. And they're looking at this amazing thing. They don't know really what it is and what it's all about. And while the boy and the father are watching this, And wide out of astonishment, an old lady in a wheelchair moved up and rolled up to these moving walls and she pressed a button. And the walls opened and the lady rolled between them into a small room and and the walls closed. And, And the boy and the father, they watch in these small circles above this moving wall. They light up in one direction. And they're sitting there watching it, trying to figure out what's going on. And they're still watching. And they light up in the opposite direction. And the walls opened up. And a beautiful 24-year-old woman stepped out of that box. And the father turned to his son and said, Go get your (laughs) ma. Now listen, it's not going to be an illusion when we see Jesus. We are going to go up with Jesus and we're going to be perfect. There'll be those who will be in a wheelchair and they won't be in a wheelchair anymore. There'll be those who will be on crutches. They won't be on crutches anymore. There'll be those with missing limbs and they won't be missing anymore. There'll be those whose bodies are racked with pain and cancer and all. It won't be that way anymore. In fact, Philippians chapter 3, verse 21 says, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to even to subdue all things to himself? On that day we'll be done with cholesterol and LDL and blood pressure and cavities and nearsightedness and farsightedness and hard of hearing and every other ailment every other that we deal with. There'll be no more aches, no more pains, no more Tylenol, no more doctor visits, no more undertakers, no more funerals, no more any of that. And I will never diet again. i <laughs> will be perfect. Perfect. So, preacher, what exactly is our new body going to be like? I don't know, because John says we don't know all the details. We see a glimpse in Jesus' glorified body. But he says particularly here in this verse, it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. In other words, we don't have all the details. But I can guarantee you this, it's going to be better than we can imagine. When you think about heaven, and think about glory, and think about our new bodies, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more death. And listen, no more sin. No more sin. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of sin. I'm tired of the struggle with sin. I'm tired of battling temptation. I'm tired at times of failing my Lord and myself and others. There'll be no more struggle. But remember what I said earlier in this message. There's a life after this life. That's what we're talking about. But that life after this life, it impacts our life right now. That's why verse 3 says, and everyone that has this hope in himself purifies himself just as he is pure. We're getting ready for that day. And that's why we battle temptation. That's why we battle sin. And these wonderful assurances, this sure hope in Jesus should cause us to live holy lives now in his power. Now remember, these wonderful assurances, we're in the family of God now. We're children of God now, but we're not what we're going to be because we're going to be like Jesus. In other words, God is not done with us. We're in a process, and here's the fancy theological word for it, a process called sanctification. And that is progressive sanctification, where God is working to make us more and more sanctified or holy make us more like Jesus. That's the end game. That's the goal. That we'll be like Jesus. Romans 8, 29 and 30. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30 of that passage. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. We've already taken care of those we have been called, been justified. And whom he justified... These he also glorified. That's what this verse is talking about. We're going to be glorified. We're a work in progress right now. He's not done with us right now. But he's going to get done with us. It's going to be. We're kind of like a diamond that is yet to be cut and polished. It's still a diamond. It's still of great value. It's still something you would desire to have. It's a diamond, but it's not yet cut and polished. That's kind of how we are in many regards. Linsky said it this way A child of God is here and now, indeed like a diamond that is crystal white within. We're a diamond. But it's still uncut and shows no brilliant flashes from reflecting facets. But day by day, here's what's happening the Holy Spirit is cutting and chipping and, and polishing, and one day we're going to sparkle. Brightly, beautifully, with Christ's likeness and purity and sinlessness and joy forever and ever. Beloved, I don't know what you're facing. But I can tell you this, you're not stuck. Not ultimately. It may feel like in some regards you say, right, right now I am stuck. But you won't be stuck forever. Be assured today of these truths. You are loved, you are a child of God, you will see Jesus, and you will be like Jesus. I want to encourage you to take this verse with you this week. Write it on a card, type it out everywhere you can see it, and begin to meditate on these truths. And allow the Holy Spirit to take this verse and work it into your life. And realize this is written to you, child of God, beloved. Now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, I've been encouraged today. And I pray that others have as well. With these truths, these assurances you've given to us. I pray again if someone doesn't know for certain that Christ is their Savior, may they come to you today. And then for those of us who do already have that assurance, Lord, help us to get a hold of these truths, or better yet, these truths get a hold of us. You love us perfectly. We're your children. You're not done with us. We're going to be like you. And we're going to see Jesus. Thank you for that. Thank you for not leaving us in this mess. We love you today. And we give you glory and praise. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I think in closing, one of the best hymns we could sing is What a Day That Will Be When My Jesus I Shall See. I Shall Look Upon His Face, and, well, you know the words, and we'll sing them together. Would we'll you stand together and let's sing These Great Truths? What a Day That Will Be.
0: save me by Yes, cool.